Good morning. Thank you for joining me today. My name is Emily Halverson Otts. I am the Dean of Sciences at Pima Community College, and I have been attending New Life for uh, 10 years here at this location, since, essentially since it opened. Um, I have the pleasure of spending a few moments with you today, and so I got a lot out, lot out of this, so I hope you do as well. So first, my passage is Mark 12, excuse me, Matthew 23, 41 through 45. While the Pharisees were gathered together, Jesus asked them, what do you think about the Messiah? Whose son is he? The son of David, they replied. He said to them, how is it then that David, speaking by the Spirit, calls him Lord? For he says, the Lord said to my Lord, sit at my right hand until I put your enemies under your feet. If then David calls him Lord, how can he be his son? No one could say a word in reply. And from that day, no one dared to ask him any questions. So I think it's really important for us to understand the timeline of this particular interaction with the Pharisees. And so if we look back through Matthew, if we look specifically at Matthew 21, 23, we will see that the religious leaders challenged Jesus's authority at this point, asking him specifically, by what authority are you doing these things? They asked, and who gave you this authority? We scroll a little bit further, and we see in Matthew twenty-two fifteen, the religious leaders questioned Jesus about paying taxes. We continue to scroll, and we see in Matthew twenty-two twenty-three that the religious leaders questioned Jesus about the resurrection. And specifically, it was Sadducees who came and asked him about the resurrection as they, they did not believe in the resurrection. The next section involves the religious leaders questioning Jesus about the greatest commandment. And this occurs in Matthew twenty-two thirty-four. And I'm going to read part of this one for you. It says, hearing that Jesus had silenced the Sadducees, the Pharisees got together one of them, an expert in the law, tested him with this question. Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? And then we come to our passage today. And I think it's really important to recognize these interactions that have been occurring between Jesus, the Sadducees, and the Pharisees. And you'll notice that in our passage today, that Jesus turned the table on them by asking them, what do you think about the Messiah? Whose son is he? And of course they replied, the son of David. As we know, um, as you might recall, John talked about how the religious leaders, the Jews, and the, um, the Pharisees, which of course are the religious leaders, they all expected the Messiah to return to help overthrow the Roman government. They were expecting a mighty warrior like King David who would slay their enemies and free them from oppression. Christ wasn't any of those things and they didn't know what to think about him. And so Jesus quotes 
Psalm 110.1 in his response to them after they have said, the son of David. And again, I'm going to read this. How is it then that David, speaking by the Spirit, calls him Lord? And now it's Psalm 110.1. The Lord said to my Lord, sit at my right hand until I put your enemies under your feet. And he then leads with, if, the Dave, if then David calls him Lord, how can he be his son? The Pharisees are unable to answer because they just cannot comprehend or grasp that Jesus is both of the lineage of David, but also the son of God. This is just bizarre to them. They just cannot comprehend it. And remember, the Pharisees and the Sadducees followed the rules. As I said earlier, and I quoted or I read that verse, it said that one of them was an expert in the law. And so if they're experts in the law, they um, were struggling to understand Jesus and how he didn't fit the rules that they were used to. We often will think about the Pharisees as we're reading these passages and wonder about what are they thinking? Why are they so prideful? Why are they behaving this way? Why can't they just accept Jesus? Why are they constantly trying to trap him? However, I think we really have to step back and ask some similar questions of ourselves. We think that because we follow the rules or that we're a good human being, we're going to go to heaven. We forget that it's God's utmost grace and his love that saved us. It's not our works. It's nothing that I have done, nothing that you have done. How often has my own pride gotten in the way or led to new sins and I didn't even recognize as being sinful at the time? That's a lot like a Pharisee or a Sadducee. And so I think I'm okay because I'm following the rules. And how often, especially with all that's going on with COVID-19, do I simply question God's authority and Jesus' authority over everything? In many ways, I am acting like a Pharisee and a Sadducee. I often pray that both my heart and my head align. I know up here that God is my Savior. He is my Lord. But sometimes in my heart, I question it. Especially when anxiety and stress seep into my soul. And I start to wonder, where is God in all of this? Jesus' response to the Pharisees reminds me a lot of Matthew 16, 13 through 17, which I'm also going to read for you. When Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do you believe, excuse me, who do people say the son of man is? They replied, some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and still others, Jeremiah or one of the prophets. But what about you? He asked. 
Who do you say I am? Jesus replied, excuse me, Simon Peter answered, You are the Messiah, the Son of the living God. Jesus replied, Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by my Father in heaven. So who do you say Jesus is? Hopefully you say he is the Messiah, the Son of the Lord. And may we all know that Jesus is our Savior, the Son of the living God, and that he has saved us from our sins by dying on a cross and taking our place. May we know this both in our head and our hearts. Take the time to know him during these troubling times. Know his peace. Know his presence. Simply be still and spend time with Jesus. I believe he's calling us to do those things right now. And lastly, be kind to one another as the world needs our light to shine in the darkness. So thank you again for spending this time with me. I'm praying for all of you. And I hope that you have a mo- that these few moments give you a sense of peace and a desire to be with God even further today.